Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Trueness of the Words, a place for women authentic and vulnerable. I'm your host, Eleanor Fleming. And today, our guest is Letitia Watkins. So I'm going to bring Letitia on with us, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Hello, how are you? Good morning. I'm excited, as you know. <laughs> I'm excited as well. I'm very excited. So I want to tell a little bit about you, if I can. So Absolutely. anybody that knows me, if you've been watching, you know I have my little PM, right? So I keep my PM with me. <laughs> it allows me to be able to kind of, uh, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to lose anything. I want to know exactly what it is. That's what, okay. So, so I have it here. Letitia is a woman of God who is passionate about intimacy with the Lord, and intercession for his kingdom and his people. She, has, she was ordained as a minister in 2011 and became a woman's pastor at Evangel Ministries in Detroit, Michigan, where she served in that role for four years. Since 1999, she has led numerous discipleship groups and has a heart to disciple young women. In 2020, she began leading a life group of seven young women and started Elijah House of Prayer. It's a weekly one hour call where the Lord is exalted and intercession is made for the kingdom of God. Pastor Letitia and her husband, Pastor John Watkins, have been married for 33 years. I love that and are blessed to have nine nieces and nephews they love and numerous spiritual children, of which I'm one. They have served as leaders in ministry together for over 20 years. Pastor Letitia is a graduate of the University of Michigan with a BA in communication. She currently works remotely as an executive assistant to the CEO and International African American Museum in Charleston, South Carolina. So you know, you're doing a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. So if, if you would, um, if you have something you want to say really quick, please feel free to say so before we jump in here. Other than I am just godly proud of you and I am very excited to um, just to, to have a conversation with you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am um, just thankful for all the Lord is doing and has done. Oh, thank you. And I'm so proud to be in your presence as always. So I'm going to move this back a little bit for some reason. I feel like I'm getting uh, too much of a glare. So I don't know what's happening there, but we're going to work through that. Okay. So ladies, work through my glare here <laughs> and my glasses because I do wear glasses. I can't go without them. So now I want to, something that happened. So this conversation, I want you to just be just open because this conversation is about to be very, we're just talking. It's just natural. It's just mm -hmm. communicating, okay? All right, so it was in my spirit, and this is my first time doing this, because it was in my spirit to begin every interview with something that I ended with. So I was saying, why do it that way? But I'm going to do it. So what would you like for every woman to walk away with from this interview as an impact on their daily walking journey? 
You know, I, I think I, I was just thinking about this before we got on. I, I think it has to do with identity because so many women struggle with who they are. You know, so many women um, are their identity is based on, you know, how they grew up, what happened to them, what abuse happened to them, what circumstances happened to them. And um, it's such a lie of the enemy. And so many women are trapped in that whole identity distortion. And I would just want them to know that that they, their identity is based on who they are in Christ. And Christ is the only one that can define uh, who they are. He has already defined who they are. And his word tells us who we are. And that's the identity. I, I pray that women would um, learn and, and walk in and, and, and shed and throw off and all these other uh, false identities that they are um, living out because so many women are you know, living out performance-based identities, um, their, their past identities, but live out your identity of who you are in Christ. That's what I would want women to know. Go and find that and walk in that. That is beautiful. I hope you all heard that because it is important that we walk out what God would have for us. So I do love that. I try my best sometimes. I don't always get it right. <laughs> so I have to, you know that because you have to kind of uh, streamline me sometimes. <laughs> but okay, thank you for that. I, I, um, I want to get started going further into, you said something really interesting to me. So I have my notes here and I don't want to miss anything. And you said you have been able to use your walk with God in your career. Can you elaborate on what that means and why do you believe this is so? You know, it took me a while. It's almost like after I had been through my career and I look back is when I realized, you know, again, what God was doing all along. And so, um, I started off in corporate America uh, for about 15 years. I was there and I ended up becoming the assistant to my supervisor. Then from there, I went into a nonprofit world where I was the event planner and I ended up being like the working closely with the CEO of the nonprofit organization. And then from there, uh, I went to be an executive assistant for the senior pastor of a church. And then I went from there from being the executive assistant to the CEO of an organization. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm starting to see this pattern that the Lord has always placed me next to the leader. And he is, he's, he's done that so that I can use my gift of administration to help that person carry out the vision that God has given them. Because th that was one of the things that was so exciting for me when I learned that, you know, my gifts were um, administration. It's a, a gift. I, I have a gift as a perceiver. And so I can, he has used me to really help support a visionary to carry out their vision and also to organize um, their world so that they can be, have greater capacity because, you know, as visionaries, you're a visionary. You're a visionaries, they have a, they have a big vision and they have a lot they want to do and they need to help somebody um, help increase their capacity. And so God has placed me next to a leader to be able to do that. And, and I, I realized that probably be about the third position I had. I kept saying, wow, this is a pattern I see. And God, wow. this is how God is using uh, my gifts. Um, in, in, in um, you know, sometimes it was in the secular world. Sometimes it was in um, the king, you know, in the Christian world. So either place, that was always my role. Well, with that, how, with, with women that may be struggling, 
because I think about in my early 20s where I was, let me just say uh, possibly in my early 30s, where I was not necessarily struggling. So I'm wondering if there are other women out here that may be dealing with this, but not necessarily struggling, but trying to understand, God, are you really calling me to this? Is this like you saw the pattern? So you were wise enough to be able to go to the Lord and say, okay, it looks like there's a pattern here. How would you use that? How can you, in words, um, word that to a woman that may be struggling, not understanding, okay, I'm in this particular role on my job, but it feels like God is calling me here or too many coincidences are happening. There are no coincidences in Christ, but too many things that are happening that maybe I need to talk to the Lord about this. Is there something you could possibly? Well, well, what I would say again, what happened for me is that when I learned after I got saved, when I learned what my spiritual gifts were, that was huge. So I would tell a woman, first of all, know what your spiritual gifts are. The second thing I would say is get a discipler, a mentor, somebody that can pour in you and help you to discern what the Lord is doing so that they can. Um, uh, speak into your life and help you um, develop your spiritual gifts. I can't tell you, I had two or three great women of God that helped develop my spiritual gifts. And then once you know those things, so then when positions or roles come up, you know your strengths, you know your what your weaknesses are, you know what you're good at, what you like to do, what God has given you a desire to do. Because even mm-hmm. like with my spiritual gift of administration, I love administration. I get excited about when somebody asks me to order something or organize something. I'm excited about that. So when there's a job available in that particular area and I'm praying about, Lord, should I not take this? I already know if there's something to do with administration. I'm excited about that. That, That's a Mm -hmm. desire the Lord put in me. That's a gift he put in me. And so that's going to make me think, okay, this may be a position for me then because this is in line with what I love. It's in line with my giftings. It's in line with um, part of my purpose. And then I'm going to be praying and seeking the Lord on my own, as well as talking to my disciple or a mentor about it. So I I would just say just those things, knowing your gifts, having a mentor, um, you know, staying prayerful. And, and I, I am a firm believer what the word says about the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The Lord will order your steps. When you're doing those things, God will order your steps and give you clarity about uh, where you're supposed to be uh, and when, you know, how to get you there. Love that. So that now this is a question that I have for you. And it literally is leaping me way ahead of where I wanted to go. <clears throat> because I did have some things I wanted to speak to you about, but we're going to go to this now. I'm kind of leaping ahead, and that's discipleship. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, discipleship is one way that helps grow and mature us in the Lord. I know that. I'm a product of discipleship. So I know how that can uh, help grow you up lead, uh, in your steps. But can you speak to the women or a woman specifically? That It may just be one on here, but women that may have had an immature disciple on their journey that has caused them to be bitter or resentful with a loss of trust in their relationship with God. Also, what should one look for in discipleship? So if you could, if that was too much, I could give you the second. <laughs> so, give, so the first part, the first part you said first, you said, you said they've lost their, tr- what, what would I say to a woman that's lost her yeah. trust in that whole discipleship process? Well, how would they? Can you speak to a woman? First of all, 
how would they, let's talk first too, and I'll do them in steps. Let's speak first to what's the best thing or what should a woman look for when looking for a disciple work? Let's first start there. You know, <laughs> I love your title that you had up when uh, your where your name is at, uh, uh, vulnerable and authentic. Those are two great words right. to look for in a discipler. You want somebody who, who you, uh, first of all, is a woman of God. You see them living, speaking, talking, walking the word of God. You, you see it in their life. It's not just coming out of their mouth, but you see it in their life. So that's the first thing. You want somebody that is walking it out um, before you. And then you want somebody that, again, is vulnerable and open and authentic. You, you want to see somebody that's consistent in every area of their life. They're not one way at church and another way at home. Um, you know, they're another way at work. They have all these different masks on themselves. You, you don't mm. want somebody to disciple you that is not consistent and authentic in their yeah. own life and their own work. And then, you know, you, you want somebody that is humble because with discipleship, you have to be very, you have to walk in humility because you're talking about, you're trying to guide and lead somebody in their life and you can't lord over people or um, try to demand or control people. You can't abuse um, the, um, you can't abuse your position that you will have in that person's life. And so you want somebody that's humble so that they won't be trying to um, move you around and do things with you just um, out of their own pride and ego and arrogance. So, so those are some key, oh, key things that you really want to look at. Oh, that's so good. So, but I'm, we, we, I'm still have another part to that, but I'm gonna jump in here. Okay. Okay. It's, yeah, it's your show. You can do what you want. <laughs> yes, because if you, you know, that was something that we had to work on with me. So I had that. Um, it wasn't that I. Well, maybe I was. I don't know. We had to work on my uh, position my uh, delivery of things um and you were very gracious and loving and how you did that where others before couldn't pop couldn't do it i want to say possibly it was the way you handled me i, I kind of want to say that so when you talk about that the way we handle people is very important so i had to learn so years ago for me i want to say my daughter had to be i always Reference things by my daughter. She's my mark. Like when I, if I lease a vehicle when she was growing up, I knew what age she would be when it was time to turn the lease in, right? And so she was in middle school, I want to say. And I had began to um, pray. Fifth grade is what she was. I began to pray and ask God to help me soften because I had such a strong, I had a love for the Lord and helping women, but my posture was so zero tolerance. Mm -hmm. And I remember there being a book that was given to me to read about a, a, a woman leadership leader gave me to read about making vows to ourselves. And I can't remember the name of the book, but it was about vows that we make to ourselves. And when I read that, I saw a lot of me. And we make these vows, which where some of our personality comes from, too, because of things that have happened to us. And it comes out in our personality, our delivery of things. So that helped me to begin to see, OK, this is where you need to start. Some of these vows that you have 
placed inside of yourself that won't ever happen to you or you won't let it happen to somebody else. So that comes out. And so we have to be careful when we're leading women, though our passion for the Lord may be there, and though we may genuinely love the Lord and genuinely have a passion to help someone, we still can get it wrong if we're not humble and submitting ourselves unto God and getting rid of some of that baggage yeah, and carrying it along with us. So I want to say that. Yeah. You know, one of the things when you say vows, a lot of times vows come out of uh, fear and, and to protect that, you know, if something has happened, okay. it comes out of self-protection. I'm never going to let this happen. I'm never going to do that. So so you go into self-protection mode. But the other thing when I think about discipleship and, and it kind of connects with humility is that, again, you're not trying to clone yourself. Right. You're not trying to make a mini me. And so you really have to. That's where the humility comes in, is that. You're trying to discern who is this person in Christ and help them to be who Christ created them to be, not who Christ created you to be. Because even like when I think about us, you know, our relationship and, and one of the things I learned early on for you is that, you know, God, again, called you to that whole business world. Right. The business that and that's not that's so far from me. I'm not I'm not the business person, but I had to learn to give you space to grow in that area because that was something that you were passionate about. And absolutely that God has used you and God has called you to. And so you have to be careful that you're not trying to project your um what you what God has called me to do to what God has called you to do. You have to you have to separate. It's the same thing even in a parent child relationship. You know, you're not trying to make that child who you want him to be, a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief or whatever. You're trying to discern who has God created them to be and then to parent them accordingly. It's the same way in discipleship. That is so good that you say that because that is true. That was uh, not necessary. We didn't have a battle over that at all. So and I think I want to pause. I don't think I said this in the beginning. I want to pause really quick because some people probably watching this saying, okay. Do they really do they know each other? This is my spiritual mother. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so excited to get on here with you that I don't think I really like said that. So this is my spiritual mother. She has, so I'm gonna just do a quick intro in here. She has walked with me for several years now. And I about I don't know when you're gonna when this you necessarily see this in uh alignment with when I read a letter that she wrote me here on the podcast um, because as an intro, like as an introduction to who I am. And she spelled it out so well in that letter about me. And um, it took me uh, multiple tries to get through it to not even cry. So this is my spiritual mother, Leticia. She has genuinely been instrumental in walking with me, even in my seasons where I was like, I'm over this. I can't. She continued to love on me. So I want to say that. And she's, uh, she continues right now. If I'm, if there's an area or space, she's right there. So I just want to jump in and say that. So you are definitely that for me. And I, I pray that for everyone that they can have. I have my mother, but to be blessed to have a spiritual mother as well. So you have two women that will walk along with you and love you regardless. They love you. Every woman should be open enough and vulnerable enough to do that. And let me say, I wasn't that vulnerable at first, right? So <laughs> and now you got a whole tag under your name that I'm vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, but I'm, I said all that so that I can come back to this. Um, 
with the business space, we didn't necessarily bump heads, but because it was in me so strong, I knew that it was there. And I was trying to find a way to express it to you without being disrespectful. And I remember talking to you one day and I was saying, cause you just said it, like, this is my, this is where I'm at. This is what I know God has called me to. And I can't do everything in one space versus I have to make room somehow for each mm -hmm. area. And I remember my exact words to you. I wish I could, but we had that conversation and you got that right away. It didn't take you months, weeks. You didn't keep coming back at me. You just said, okay, let's see how we can work this, how we can do this. And you helped guide me even with that. What I love most in that as well, and I'm going to get off of this, is that what you did not let me do, and I want to say thank you openly, and I think I've told you this in private, you did not let me, regardless of the business, your first assignment is Christ. So if the business ever looks like it's taking the realm, it's getting ahead of the Lord, you already know you out of balance and you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Amen. That, that's powerful. Again, even though I knew some of that within me, there's that reinforcement that women, we need someone that loves the Lord walking with us. Okay. So got all that out. That's my little long. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, the second part to that is we talked about what a woman should look for in discipleship. Um, what happens when, so well, I want to ask this, with discipleship, if it's a woman, we've talked about this before, and I want you to say it here. Mm -hmm. A woman should be paired with a woman, and a man should be paired with a man. At all possible, that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I totally agree that that's, that's how it should be, because the, the, the truth of the matter is um, we all have flesh, we all struggle, and no matter, um, you know, you, you just don't want to put yourself in a position where you could struggle in the area of um, morality. Because when you're in a discipleship relationship, as your as your title, I'll keep going back to your, your head, heading, vulnerable, you know, you're, you're making yourself vulnerable to another person, right? So if it's yeah. a woman doing that to a man, that can just lead to some unhealthy places. Mm -hmm. you, emotionally, you can get connected and tied together yeah. because you're sharing so many sometimes deep things. And, and, and then also this person is helping you, you know, when you have somebody that's helping you and, and pouring into your life, you begin to look up to them. You begin to respect them in a different way. So you don't want to have that be, go to an unhealthy place with a man and a woman where now you're looking up to this man, you know, as a woman that um, can, can move into an unhealthy place, especially as a single woman or even as a married woman. So I think it's just safer and, and better for the same sex to um, disciple one another. And I, I remember uh, uh, even at our church, we used to encourage our leaders to even doing prayer times to find a woman to pray with a woman and a man to pray with a man. Because again, you know, you're at the altar, you're emotional, you're crying. And now, now if you're a woman with a man, you're leaning on this man. And, you know, so, so you really want to avoid those kind of situations as much as possible. Yes. Yes. I am so glad. Thank you for bringing that on home. Cause I'm an advocate of that. I mean, I'm an advocate of that. And I think about that too, for you have people that are married and, 
they have, we have to be considerate and think of these types of things because we open up. I remember one time at our um, church, we served together and our pastor uh, actually was the founding pastor. And he was given a message one morning and he talked. <laughs> I thought it was like, uh, how do I say it? I, When he said it, I said, now did he just say that? But it was true. He said, men, we're, we're men. He said, women, we're men. Though we're married, men that are married and men that are single, he said, we're men. And our, he was talking about, though, the, and within themselves, the doing the right thing is what they strive to do. But when you're sitting on the front row and you have your dress and it's short and this and that, you're openly enticing in an area. Not that that's what they're, he said it totally different. He broke it down in the detail, but pretty much don't do things that entice. Or tempt somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the word that was used. And so we have to be, as women, we have to be mindful of that and say, okay, is this, could this possibly be inappropriate? And even with leaning on a man and they're crying and you're, you're crying, you're going through those emotions become attached because they become drawn into you and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, it can be the same where, uh, where it's a man and a woman feels a way for them. And then next thing you know, so you have to be very uh, careful and conscious of that. So thank you. So ladies, those that have said things about that, we have that answer. <laughs> <laughs> we have an answer. Now, here's the other part to that. And we'll be done with this portion of the discipleship. And that's what I want to know. Can you... Um, when a woman has been um, has been paired with, or can you speak to a woman that may have had an immature disciple on their journey that has caused them to be bitter or resentful with a loss of trust in their relationship with God? That's the main question. Yeah. You know, when uh, whenever trust is broken in any area, a marriage, a discipleship situation, it's hard to build trust back. It really it, trust is, is a precious thing, and when it is broken, it is hard to bring it back, to build it back. It's not impossible, but it's hard. But I would say, the way that happens, it's 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 love. It's finding somebody that will lovingly, um, in humility, lead you again. And when you you know we when you find that. It, it starts to chip away a little bit, little by little at that hurt and at that wound and where that trust is broken. But that's why I say you have to really look for a woman that is vulnerable and open, that you see that is walking in the truth and living the truth um, to test the waters again. I, I, I would just encourage a woman not to totally shut down because again, unfortunately, there are people out there that are going to, um, you know, do discipleship wrong and get it wrong and mishandle people. Unfortunately, that happens. But don't let one bad experience cause you to shut down in something that is so vital to our walk. Our walk. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the Lord tells us to go and make disciples of all the nations, right? We, we're commanded to do that teaching them to obey everything that he taught us. So so don't give up on discipleship because one person mishandled you. I mean, it's almost like with doctors, you know, it's like doctors get it wrong, right? Every, you name a profession, they get it wrong. 
but you don't just shut that whole profession. You say, I'm never going to a doctor again because I was misdiagnosed, mishandled. No, you try to find a good doctor and you do the same thing with discipleship. You keep praying and, and asking God to guide you to a healthy person, the right person for you. And, and, and that's the other thing, even, even though somebody may be healthy, they just may not be a good fit for you to disciple you. So ladies, don't give up on discipleship because you had one bad experience. You know, don't, don't, don't do that. You know, we, we didn't do that in the area of, of males. You know what I'm saying? You had one bad relationship, somebody that was just not the one he was, you didn't say, I ain't date. I'm not dating anybody ever again. No, you, you, you pray and ask God to direct you to the right one who is for you so don't give up on discipleship because you had one bad experience all right there <laughs> you just put that in perspective didn't you so because I, I tend to well use that when it comes to things i look at relationships i say okay we so busy giving one relationship one bad relationship after the other a break but then when it comes to the lord we just give up yeah but that's it. i'm gonna drive into that now this is a serious conversation to me. Why is it that? So if you can speak that as a woman's pastor, why is it that you see so often? And then I'll speak. Why do you see it so often that with women and though we know men do it too, ladies, we're not saying that, but this is a place for women authentic and vulnerable. So we're speaking to the women. Why is it that you think that women will give up on God so quickly and i'm gonna give my spin on it after you do <laughs> well you know again it's a spiritual battle it, it, it's spiritual warfare you know the the enemy the world everything is coming after us all the time not to have a relationship with the lord anyway right that's that mm -hmm. battle is already going on mm -hmm. so as soon as you step out and try to seek and pursue the things of the Lord and something negative happens, mm -hmm. then that just causes you to double down and the, in your own flesh. And then the, and then the enemy gets in your head. See, I told you you can't trust yeah. Christians or see, I told you God is not faithful. So then the mm -hmm. enemy gets in there and begins to work with your flesh and then creates all this fear. And, and, and you start believing the lies of the enemy that can develop into strongholds where you just get stuck and don't want to pursue or are afraid to reach out to the things of the Lord again. But I think a lot of it just has to do with spiritual warfare. You know, mm. it's, it's hard to, it, it's a fight to press toward the things of the Lord where mm. the things that are natural, we, we just fall into them, you know, just with very little effort, but to press into the things of the Lord, you, it's a battle. And so that's why it's harder for women when, um, you know, pursuing the things of the Lord. And if any little thing gets off or anything negative happens, then that just causes you, it just reinforces you to cause you to retreat again and to be um, skeptical or not trust uh, even more. That's what I'm going to speak. I'm gonna give a little bit. You heard that ladies. Now we got it from, Okay, so I what I've learned for myself is that when we put it into alignment of rules, R U L E S, and because I hear that so many times, the Bible is just trying to restrict me. It's rules in place. Well, they are rules. They they're they're rules given to us by the master. They are, they, this is the blueprint of our life. And so he provides this, these rules, if we want to call them that, to keep us in a posture of submission unto him. 
Why we don't want to do that, I don't know. I know, well, let me say, I remember years ago, and I can say years ago now because it's so many years ago where I used to struggle with, well, if God knows this, then why that? If God, and we're talking about early, early. We're talking early teens, uh, late, then I, once I was just going, that earlier part of life. But getting in the word of God explains his word so detailed to us. But because we don't want to adhere to the things that he requires of us, what we end up doing is pushing him away. We find reasons why not to serve him. Because we feel like we can't have fun in life. We feel like, okay, well, God is still going to love me, so why can't I do this? The world itself allows us to see so many things that are not of God. And we grab hold to that. We're quicker to grab hold to what the world says do versus what, what the word of God says do. And let's say this, in order to even know what the word of God says do, you cannot get it from the pastor every week. If you think, if you're going to church every Sunday or just once a week you're there, or if you're there for Bible study, you can't just get it from there. The word of God is where you have to get it from. The word of God tells us to study his word and show ourselves approved. There's a reason for that. So I think that the biggest issue why this comes about is because we don't want to adhere to what the blueprint tells us to do. If you're building a building, never built it before, never done this before, you're still going to have trials or hurdles to get the right people in place. But the blueprint is the foundation of what needs to be done so that you can give it to everyone and you will have a successful build. <clears throat> Why don't we see that with God's word? And yeah, it's de yeah, definitely the, um, you know, again, the word, um, because not only like you said about adhering to it, 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 you alluded to it, the biggest thing is that people are not in the word and, mm -hmm. and letting the word get in them. Like you said, the Sunday uh, only service is just not going to get it. The it, it is the word that is living and active and mm -hmm. um, uh, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart and divide soul and spirit. That's yeah. what the word does when when you read it and meditate on it and it gets in you. And so then it will begin to show you what is of the Lord, what is of your flesh and to divide those things and to show you what you're supposed to be walking in. Even before you get to the part, of, am I going to do this or not? You know, uh, um, but it's about knowing what the word says. And, and I find even in being in you know, discipling people that so many people think they know what the word says and it doesn't. And it's because they've heard so many different messages from different people. Some of it is, you know, bad teaching and bad theology, but so, some of it is just that they're not planted and rooted in one place where they can really hear the word consistently and, and the mm -hmm. whole counsel of God. They just got bits and pieces and parts. And so they don't hear the whole counsel of God. And so they think the word says something that it really does not say. And so getting in that word for yourself and allowing the word to transform you helps you. And it also uh, uh, makes it a little bit easier to pursue the things of the Lord, because at least now you know what they are and what you're um, supposed to be doing and, and, and that yielding to the Holy Spirit. But if you don't know the word, you are going to rely on what is familiar and comfortable to you, which is your flesh, how you normally think. You know, that's that's why the, the Bible says to uh, renew your mind, you know, to so with the word, because you, you're thinking one way in your flesh, you have to renew your mind so that you will begin to think differently and then and then act differently. 
You know, you just said, no, we're talking about that word. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to drop it in here. And I don't never, I never tell it <laughs> until after. But the title of this message, you didn't know, was <laughs> no, <laughs> knowing God's word. Oh. I thought that was so fitting for you because that's where we are. You never allow me or anyone to get away from that knowing his word. And so when you were just talking, that ultimately is what bring, it brings it full circle for us. If we know his word, blank, the rest is history. We make, you know, um, I, how do I say this? We'll say things about what we feel or what we think. Something that gets under quite a few people's skin where I, when it comes to me is this. I say, I don't care what you think. What does the word of God say? Because that's what I ultimately want to go after and know. Because I remember a time in my life when that wasn't the case. I would do it off of what I thought. You know, where you hear people say, the Lord knows my heart. Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. But what does his word tell you to do? Because that's what it is. If, if you're choosing to go a different route. So I speak into that. Knowing his word and just doing what his word says. Now, we're not perfect. So we're not always going to get it right. But don't live off of what you think. Or what another person thinks, which brings us back to discipleship. You have a discipleship with someone that's constantly telling you about what they think you should do. And they're not in the word giving you word to tell you how to do it. And that's a concern. Well, a couple of things when you were talking, a lot of things that think going to my mind, try to um, uh, organize them. But one of the things is that I remember one of my disciples said to me, you will never know God apart from his word. People try to have this relationship with God apart from his word, and it is not going to happen because his word is who he is. And so, you know, I, people don't we shouldn't just think of the word is it's the book that I get into to know all the rules like you talked about earlier, to know what God wants me to do and not wants me to do, even though you will learn that in there. No, it's the book that you get into to know God so that you can see who he is and how his, what his ways are and what his character is. You you find all that in the, in the word. It is where the book you get into to develop that intimate relationship with him. That's the priority right there. And then in that, he, he's teaching you this. These are my ways. This is how you go in this area. This is how you handle money. This, he's teaching you all of that in there. But the bigger part is it is to know him and, and not just to know the rules. So that so that is the key that people have to um, be drawn to the word, get into the word so that they can get to know the God of the word. You get me all excited over here. <laughs> the, and, and, you know, another one <laughs> when you were talking to this, the other thing that came up. When we talk about, you know, people say what they think and you like, no, what does the word says? I have not seen this done in another area in, su uh, in, in, in uh, such a, a, a bad way as it is in the area of trials. And I think I mentioned that to you in, in my the thing I filled out. That's in my notes. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. You want me to wait or you can talk about it now? <laughs> 
I can wait. Let me talk about no, that. No, we talking in the area of trials because what happens is, you know, when we first get saved, we're all excited and this this love affair going on. Like, oh, the Lord, I'm saved, and we love the Lord, and we're going to church, and we're, you know, excited going to different things, read, reading our Bible. We're we're doing the things. So it's this honeymoon phase, right? And then after we've saved for some years or however long. Then life continues to happen, right? People mm-hmm. still in your family die, right? Prayers still don't get answered. You you didn't maybe get that job you thought you should get. People, you know, relationships end that you thought he was the one. Things happen. And so then people get upset and then they begin to not trust God. They begin to slightly move away in their heart. And it's because they start thinking that trials, this is not supposed to be happening this way. But that's not the word does not say you're not going to have trouble. But in fact, it says the opposite. It says that in this world, you will have trials, but be a good cheer because I've overcome the world. And so we misconstrue that. You know, sometimes it's from bad teaching that everybody's like, you know, everybody going to live their best life, blessed life. Right over here. I'm just fighting. (laughs) Some of it is just our own thinking that, that what we think should be happening. God clearly lays out how what to do with trials and tribulations and that we are going to have them and all of that. And so if you're not in the world, you don't know that. But if you if you look at the world, you can't name a character in there that has not gone through some trials and that God has not used those trials to transform them. Joseph, Noah, Moses, Abraham, Paul, Peter. I mean, you name one after one. And this is how God works. But yet people have this false sense of what trials are all about. And then they they take trials and like, you know, I must be doing something wrong as well. This is happening. Yeah, I must not have enough faith while this is happening. You know, they, they add all these things that are not biblical to what's happening with trials. It's like, no, have you read the whole counsel of God's word as it relates to trials? So that that is a big area because because again it affects our walk with the lord we get disillusioned we get disappointment disappointed we back up from the lord and what what it can be dangerous with this one is that we back up in our hearts and we still in church every sunday we still going and doing all the outward christian things but in our heart we are discouraged and disillusioned because we're like, Lord, I thought this. Why is this not happening? Why did my child, why did I lose my child? Why did I lose my marriage? Why Why did this person die? Why is this happening? I prayed you didn't answer my prayer. All that causes us to be disillusioned if we are not consistently in our word and understand what God says about trials. Mm-hmm. And then even beyond that, back to what I initially said. We're not pursuing him, the God of the word, so that we can uh, draw close and have this intimate relationship with him so that he can even help us through the trials. Because that's what it's all about. It's not that you won't have trials, but as a believer, you have the word of God and the spirit of God in the midst of the trial with you so that it can you can get through it and that it can transform you and do what it's intended to do in your life. Let me tell you something. Little pen was over here going crazy. My, I think I'm getting carpal tunnel over here. Just <laughs> listen here, okay? I would say this one last thing. I actually did. You a, say, well, a, a, huh? 
You can say whatever you need yeah, to. Okay. The Lord actually led me to do a, a, a Bible study on this. And, and I'm not exempt from this. I, I did the Bible study because I went through a period of my life where trials happened. And, and I thought my faith was strong in an area and some trials hit me. And I was like, knocked off my square, as they say. But, but God led me to do this Bible study called From Glory to Glory. And it's about how God uses trials to take you from glory to glory, from a one level of faith to a deeper level of faith, from one level of intimacy to a different level of a deeper level of intimacy mm-hmm. with him. And in terms of, again, you, we are, we think that, OK, I things that happen. I'm good now. But some stuff can hit your life that can rock your world. And, and you have to press into the Lord in order to be able to make it through it. And that's what that whole glory to glory Bible study was about. So, wow, that's powerful. Now I have to come. We, I get so excited. I think you might, people might think I'd be joking. Like it's just, but no, I get real excited over here and I just be asking the Lord, calm me down, calm me down. I'm going to get a chance to ask this. When you were speaking about the trial and how we, um, we get frustrated, right? The word of God, yes, it speaks of trials, but I just, what did it for me in life? It's our, it, we see it, but we overlook it. Our savior was hung on a tree. Just stop right there. Yeah, we, we don't have to go anywhere else. Our savior who we say, and I say who we say, I'm not judging, I'm saying it because that's genuine. Who we say we serve, follow all the things we say. He died on a tree that we might be saved. But when something happens to us, we want to know where were you, God? How did yes. this happen? But we okay with Jesus being hung on a tree. For us, if, yes. Right. So if he allowed his son to be hung on a tree, a cross, with a kill that we might. He was killed. He was massacred. When you look, when you read it in this detail, but we can, we're concerned that we lost this. Or we, and yes, that's not minimizing mm-hmm. the hurt and the pain because I don't know. I know many of us, like within my own life and family, have lost loved ones by horrific tragedies violent offenses, died just in general, those that may have died and we didn't want, they died for natural causes, but we weren't ready for them to go. And we wondered, Lord, I prayed over this person. I, I begged that this not happen. God never said that we wouldn't come up against these things. Mm-hmm. And that's when I began, I had to get here. Let me tell you, I had to get here when he got, when the Lord got me here, I said, Lord, I get it. I genuinely have to trust you no matter the circumstances. Yes. If if I'm in a bad if if I'm in a bad relationship with my child, if I lose a loved one, if 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 food not on the table right now, I, I have to trust you in it all and I do. I've been through many circumstances in life and trust God, Lord, I trust you to handle this. Either I do or I don't. So many say they do, but then because he's an unseen God, Mm-hmm. Now we second guessing. We say things like maybe it just took place at a certain time. So much time when we just all types of things. But that goes back to the prosperity. You alluded to it. You didn't. I don't think you necessarily use the word prosperity. But there's this prosperity teaching, and I can't go. I'm not 
bashing people and how they give their work. I'm not. I'm talking about my time in the word with the Lord, prosperity, prosperity teaching. It's not, you're not, God is not a gift giving God every time you open your mouth. Like you think about, I was watching this. My neighbors have, and there's a bird nest. Now the I was out on the deck and the day before this nest wasn't in there, like in between like the shingle, not the shingles, the, um, the gutters. There was not a bird's nest there. The next day, and I'm, I'm coming to something. The next day when I came out, I look over and there's this full-fledged bird's nest. And I'm looking, I said, that wasn't there yesterday. And as I'm looking, I see the bird fly across and I look over, he gets under the thing, under the gutter, and I see the mouths of the bird mouth. There were three of them. And their little mouths, they were, I could see them. Now our houses are not just that close, but I can see their mouth. And it's as if the Lord spoke to me right then and there that he provides for us. It may not come in the way that we may see it. What I saw even more was, Lord, this nest wasn't there before. And quickly, you have, birds know how to form a nest. So the Lord said, if the birds in the air don't worry about what they have to eat, what, why are we worried? Mm -hmm. So I go back to the prosperity teaching. And that is, everything isn't going to come to us the way we want it to. But God will provide it in his timing for what it is for us. Everyone isn't called to be rich. Yeah. It's like there, everyone isn't going to be poor. Yeah, abso absolutely. Like I said, definitely. And, and I think sometimes we teach in extremes. You know, I, I do believe that as believers, sometimes we put up with and allow stuff in our life that we don't have to. That, that, you know, Christ has purchased for uh, his blood purchased for us and by his word and by his spirit, we can pray and, um, you know, and, and, and not receive some of the things that the enemy tries to get us to, to, to receive. And so I do, I do believe that that is the case because, you know, you can go to the other extreme and just accept everything that you see coming in your life that some of the same things may be there because you allowed them there or some things may be there, um, like I said, that you can pray and not, and you don't have to walk in that stuff. You know, you, you can pray it, pray it, um, um, pray through it. But um, mm -hmm. one of the things that you, when you were talking about back to Jesus on the cross, again, it goes back to God's ways are not our ways. So what we look at and see as a grief or loss, like you said, loss is real, it's painful, and, and you have to allow yourself to grieve and work through hurtful things. But but again, God's ways are not our ways. What we look at sometimes things are the most horrible thing. Jesus' death on the cross is an example. That was one of the most horrific scenes in the world. But think about that. At the time that that crazy, horrific thing was happening, he was saving the whole world to himself. Look what came out of that. Look, look at the, um, um, you know, salvation for the world came out of that. Whereas we would have looked at it and said, no, don't let that happen. And even, even Peter did say that to Jesus. No, you know, God don't, you, I mean, Jesus, you can't go to the cross. And he's like, get thee behind me, Satan, because you're against the things of God. No, this is why I came. This is part of my purpose. So we have to realize that in this earth, in this, um, when we're on earth, 
we don't know it all. We don't see it all. We don't know all what God, how God is working this thing out. So that's why what you said, trust is so key. We have to trust him when hard situations happen and trials come because we don't know how he's using that and what he's doing with that and why he allowed it. He may not have uh, made it happen, but he allowed it. And we have to trust him, you know, through that because, um, you know, his, his ways are not our ways. And, and he has a much bigger picture of eternity where sometimes we're so focused just on right now, the temporal. Yeah. I, you talking about that hardship. There are things that have happened that are so hard in my life that I, at the time, um, just couldn't understand it. Lord, I don't understand why you're letting this happen, you know, but I wouldn't be here right now, even talking to you on a platform like this, any of the guests coming before and coming forth had it not been for the hardship because God is going to, you, he'd already shown me. I don't even second guess that. I was nervous because I don't know, Lord, little, what can I do? I'm not, you know, you know, you're, you, you know, you're not equipped. But the reality is, you know, people try to tell, oh, no, you're, no, you're not. And we're not equipped outside of God. It's only him that equips us for what he will have us to do. And he uses our trials, our tribulations, our hurts, our pains. He uses our joys. He uses the triumphs. He uses the things that we gain for his glory. Absolutely. So right now, as I sit here, I give him honor. Because I not, not one part of me would be sitting here doing this if it weren't for the things that I've come up against. And I said, how can I? And I can't look. And he places that in us. Let me say this too. God places the seed in us where we have a desire for something that is of him to do something. And it's, he's plant, it's in there. And we're like, how do we do this? And he starts moving things. And doing things. And before you know it, you're saying, okay, well, I feel a little better to do this now. Because God is moving. He's orchestrating the pieces, I say, on the chessboard for us yeah. to do his will. And the other thing is the praying part as you were speaking. We don't pray because God is about to answer every prayer. We don't pray because we're telling him something like he doesn't know it. We're praying so we can say it outwardly. We're saying it, we're praying it out loud so we can also be able to hear it and gain hope and faith and belief and trust in him. That's what that's doing when we're praying. We, we he's Again, I'm going to go back. He's not this gift-giving God. And that is the problem. We want God to give us everything because I'm going to say this. Just in case there's a woman out there that's struggling with it. I remember when I was saying it. Oh my goodness. I was serious. I said, Lord, I need you. If I'm serving you the way I'm serving you and I'm doing what I need to do, can't you make the world look different? Can't you make them out, make, make them an example? Let them know, don't mess with my child. She is, do something. I said, I said. I remember we've had some of them conversations. Like, can't you, why we got all these hypocrites? Why we got these leaders fall? Can't you change something? Yes. So you're right. Yes. We, we, yes, we, we, we get there, but we have to. He's using even those things. He's using them. He's yeah. orchestrating them for his good, for his glory. And it may not look like it. On this side of heaven. Yeah, yeah some things we, 
Yeah, ahead, some things we won't understand. We may not ever understand. I was going to say we may not understand until we get to the to to eternity, but mm-hmm. we may not ever understand. We get to eternity, we probably, we probably won't. It won't matter. But some things, there are things in my life that have happened. I still don't understand why God allowed them to happen, but they happen. But like you said, He He will use it all, and it goes back to trusting Him. That's why that getting in the Word and having that intimate relationship with and getting to know Him, because when you trust somebody. You will, you will, things will happen and you're like, I don't understand it, but because I know they love me and because I trust them, then I can still move on. But if you don't trust somebody, when things, bad things happen, you, you are going to uh, really have a hard time because you're going to question their love for you. You're going to question your safety. You're going to question many things. But if you are, if that's settled, that God loves me, he knows what's best for me and that I can trust him. When that's settled, then some things can happen that are hard things that can hurt you to, to, to your core, but you can get through them with God because you trust him and you know he loves you and you believe that he is, you know, he's in control. So that makes all the difference in the world. That trust and intimate relationship with the Lord makes all the difference in the Lord. Well, you know, it's so funny when you were even talking about, um, you know how God will put things in you and give you desires. We've talked about this before about, you know, how it's only God that gives us the strength to do what we do apart from him. We could do none of this. And I think about the whole ministry with me, with women. And I told you about how that was the furthest thing from my mind. If somebody would have ever told me I was going to be a women's pastor, I would have been like, matter of fact, I did tell them that. No, I am not the one. And so, but I saw God change, literally change my heart and literally put that desire in me to where I began to pray and weep and cry for women in a way that I never, ever had before. And that was all God's doing. And so again, if it's God that put it in you, it has to be him that shows you how to walk it out. Why do we think God is going to put something in us, a desire or a skill or gift or whatever? And then now we're like, okay, God, I got it. You know, I, I, I know how to do this thing. No, you, 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 not, God put that in you and he has to teach you how to walk that thing out, you know, fully. So. Yeah, and with that being said, I want to say this is I wrote this down. And the only way, and I'm gonna say this very clear, and I have to get with boldness here and seriousness and sternness, I guess, if you want to say, we only know this, even that by being in his word, by spending time with him. We for lack of a better term, I don't know the best term to use. We're, we can be foolish in our thinking if we think that we will know all that God, or we will never know all, but we have a sense of what God is calling us to if we're not spending time with him. We, it, it's just not going to happen. You're going to feel and know his presence, sense him by spending time in his word, spending time in prayer with him. I say this all the time, and listening. For the Holy Spirit to speak to you in your spirit, in your thinking, to lead and guide you. Other than that, you're lost. You're finding, you're trying to feel your way. But I want to say that just in case someone is saying, oh, okay, I could, no, I you know yeah. it, it won't happen. You can't because but, I, I can think of several things that I end up doing, you know, one of which is my job when I worked for the church and I was assistant to the pastor. Somebody would have told me I was going to be the pastor's assistant again. I would have said no, no desire, never. Matter of fact, I used to say I do not want to work where I worship. Have no desire to work for my church, mm-hmm. right? 
But again, but God, you know, God made it clear. No, this is what I have for you. And I, I, once, once, once I knew that that was his desire, he began to put that desire in me. It was a blessing, you know, to be mm-hmm. in that in that role. But that wasn't anything I was thinking of or I was planning. It was on my radar. So like you said, we can't think we know, because if you're not before the Lord consistently in prayer and in in the word, you don't know. You you know, his he will order your steps when you are seeking him and looking for him to uh, and listening. Like you said, listening for him to say, this is the way. OK, go here. Go. You know, this is what I called you to do. Yes, yes, I love that. Now we're we're getting uh we're drawing here to our time. I know it's amazing how fast the hour goes. No, <laughs> yes, but I want to say I want to ask this. Well, two, I want to draw in on two things. One thing I'm gonna tell the ladies at the end, but if we can talk about a self-righteous spirit, so I'll say something just a little short some first, and then I'll let you take it. That's okay, because that way you can bring it on home. The self-righteous spirit about the rules and how in life we do this right, we do that right. So I didn't realize that. Uh, so again, ladies, where discipleship can help us, and it's discipleship under under the Word of God, not discipleship. This your girl or you, you know, a woman that's genuinely walking with the Lord. And the purpose of discipleship is also to ultimately mature you to disciple. That's the other thing, but. A self-righteous spirit. I didn't realize I had such a self-righteous spirit. I said it out loud, ladies, until in love, in love, my spiritual mother, Latisha, had to show me. She didn't bash it over my head. And I'm wanting you all to take notes on what I'm saying to you on this part before she speaks. Because she's not going to say this about herself. So I'm going to say. She didn't bash it over my head. She didn't force feed it to me. She was letting, she was reminding me gently of the things that I was doing that reminded her of, reminded me of her. She did it the back doorway. (laughs) She she resonated with me in a kindred spirit so that I could see it. Now me walking with her, I had not seen that part of her. Because she's walking with me in a season of her life where she's past that. And God is continuously keeping her in a place of not having that. But I had that. Because she showed me in love and walked with me, I was able to overcome that in Christ. And I still, like uh, like alcoholics go to uh, AA meetings, you constantly have to walk with God to stay in that place. Because without God, we can't stay in that, in that place that he's delivered us from. So I just want to say that self-righteous spirit is a strong thing, but I'm going to let Leticia, Pastor Leticia, go ahead and speak to it in detail. Wow, that that that's something to end on. That That's a whole session in and of itself, self-righteousness, <laughs> because not only, again, was it one of the biggest areas that I struggled with that God really had to do work in me and still has to continue work, you know, working in me, challenging me in that area. But I believe it's one of the areas, one of the greater sins of the church and one of the greater sins that is mm-hmm. turning the world off from the church because we are so we can be so self-righteous. Right. It's like I'm up here living right, loving God, doing right. And you over here and saying you need to get over here, you know, doing what I'm doing. And, and, and yes, you, we all want people to get to the place where they're saved, but you got to love them there. 
you got to by grace, uh, you know, have grace and concern for them there. Not, not just here's the rule, here's the measure. Mm -hmm. I need you to get up to it. And we can do that in this harsh, cold way. And, and that's what I realized was with me is that when I would see people, um, it's so much to this story. I'm trying to make it shorter. First of all, when I got <laughs> saved, I was one of those people, we talked about this before. I was a rule keeper, right? I, you know, mm -hmm. if you told me the rules, I was going to keep them probably 99.9%. Not that I was perfect, but I was going to be as close to perfect as possible. I was a performer. I was performance based. I was going to do what was right. And so when I got saved, in my mind, I, my thought was, I didn't, you know, I didn't consciously think this, but not after I look back, I did. I, my thinking was, well, Lord, I was pretty good all the way anyway. So you just had to add a little bit of stuff with me. You just had to work in a few little areas that, you know, I was, I wasn't out cold crazy. I was pretty good. And I remember the day the Lord showed me, no, that's all the old Letitia, the old you, all that needs to die. That is crucified with Christ. There mm. is a, a, a new Letitia that has been resurrected. So your what you think is righteousness is self-righteousness. I don't, I can't use none of that. All that has been crucified. I, that's why I love what my life, my life verse is that I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship yeah. of his suffering, you know, so that I, I don't have a righteousness uh, derived from myself but one that's been derived based on faith in Christ. So, so it's not that God sprinkled a little bit more goodness to me while I was lacking. No, he crucified all that and it's his righteousness. He's the only one that's righteous. And so for me, I had to realize that and not look down on people because you're in sin or you're struggling or, or you, you, you're arrogant, you know, I, you, you got pride and look down on people and saying, you know, you need to fix that. Not that they don't need to fix it. They do. But you need to love people and have grace for people because that's what Christ does. It, it, his word says that. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So it's not that he's not trying mm -hmm. to save you. He absolutely, that's what he came for. But he's loving you. He's loving you even while he's yet trying to save you. And that's the part that I was missing that God had to show me. If you will, you know, uh, remember that the old Letitia is crucified and let my spirit love through you. Then people will experience a genuine love, a genuine grace, a genuine, I want the best for you. I'm not trying to get you over here just so you can keep the rules. I'm trying, mm -hmm. I love you and I want what's best for you. And this is what's best for you is what's over here. And I will loving you, walk with you to get you over here. Not like in a harsh way that, you know, have no tolerance, you know, for people that you done failed again. Okay. I'm telling you, know, getting tired of people, you know, again, God has grace. He has mercy. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to have that same kind of graciousness and not in this haughty, high-minded way that you know we we can be and like i can say i i was that too you know i was that too i i would walk walk with people to a certain extent but if you didn't get it quickly i'd be like okay yeah I, i'm not too fun for you i i'm moving on because you 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 still over there you know not that you don't need to back up for some seasons but for me i just had a low tolerance for people who um, were not seeking the things of the Lord the way I thought they should be in that moment. I, I would be like, okay, I can't walk with you, but oh, but the no. Lord just had to change my heart in that area toward people. And it, and it really is about the heart. It's about if you are really su surrendered and yielded to Christ, 
then you'll love like Christ and you'll lead people like Christ and you will you will walk with people the way like Christ did. Oh, that is so good. So uh needless to say, I still got a ways to go. So I just <laughs> well, I do too. We are we are it's a journey. It is a journey. Yes, because I definitely um when it comes to walking with women and we talk about that so just that just real quick that part about walking with women and not uh, walking with them and saying, okay, you're not here, you're not there. Because of my personality, right? And nobody but God gave me this. I, it, it's apparent that I, the boldness that he's giving me is from him. But my what things in life caused it to be more of a harshness. or And so he had to begin to temper that for me. And like I said, he put it in me where I was praying for it to be changed. So no one, before anyone even told me, I was praying years ago, like, I don't want to be this way. Not knowing that all those years ago, he was preparing me for such a time as now in my life. But I definitely am someone that when it comes to women, I know on the business side, if I'm mentoring a woman and helping them, if they're not serious, I don't, I let them know right from the beginning, this, I'm going to give up my time to you. And on the, this is on the business side. I'll say, I'm giving up my time to you and I'm going to walk with you fully. I'm going to give this to you. But if I sense that they're not serious and it comes out that they're not, I do remove myself from it. And I let them know and I explain why. Now, what I know is I do that same thing now on the ministry side of it in the Lord, but it's a different way that I handle it. So even though I'm doing the same thing, I'm, I've learned, God has been teaching me and through discipleship under you, and it's no longer discipleship, I want to say anymore, like with you and my, even though you're discipling me, you're more like, you're my spiritual mother. You literally are there. It's not about, you're just, hey, we're just talking and you're continuously discipling me through that and not even stating it, if I can say it that way. But the ministry side of it, just knowing how to genuinely love and walk with women, but even if they're not serious, it's not like on the business side where I just have to stop that relationship because I'm giving up hours and time on that side. This side, I'm still available, but not in such a connected way because you're not ready and I can't push you. Mm-hmm. And you have to be ready and want that. Just as myself and many women have said, I'm ready this is where I want to be and I want to change. And you are serious about it. And because there's going to be work that's required of you in discipleship. Mm-hmm. And you had work that was required of me that I had to do. Mm-hmm. And if I was serious, I would do it. And I was serious because I remember you said something to me. You said, there is so much fruit. And I want to say this without crying. There is so much fruit on the other side of this. that You have to get to it. Yeah. And I remember that conversation because there's so much I'm on the other side of, and had I not, that's, I don't even want to start the crying. Had I not, there's so much that wouldn't be now if I had not submitted, and it, it caught, and you you gained my trust first, mm-hmm. and God had to work on me, and that's how I'm yeah. able to get on the other side. So, ladies, if you want to get on the other side of something, definitely. You definitely want to be in the midst with the Lord so he can put the proper people in your place. And that self-righteousness, we can't look at people and say, you should be, because here's why. We weren't 
at some yeah. point. If yeah. you just stop and think about that, think about all the things we can hide them from the world, but God knows. And even that, God said, "What's done in secret will come to light," and it's not just in prayer time. We it's talking about that in the yeah. Word of God. We pray whatever we pray in secret. God will reward it openly. Okay, same happens with some of this stuff we do. And we think nobody knows. It comes out. Yeah. So we have to be. Yeah. And like you said, oh, no, it's not that you don't sometimes have to give people space and say you're not ready because sometimes people are not ready. But it really is about that heart, you know, versus having an attitude like, I can't believe you doing this. What is wrong with you? You know, why, why would I would never do that? You know, thinking that in our heart, that that's the mindset versus knowing that again somebody's just struggling but your heart is still towards them you're just not going to um you know actively pursue them in the season because they may not just be ready but you don't have an attitude towards them you're not looking down on them you're not um you know thinking that i would never do that it didn't take me that long to do that i i i, I repent as soon as somebody showed me that you know just mm -hmm. it is about that heart attitude toward people yeah well i am so grateful when i say thank you I am honored. I, I, I don't want to sound, <laughs> I want to just say it. So if it sounds all crazy to you all ladies, I don't care at this point. I'm so honored that you came on here with me and did this with me. Well, I, my word is proud. Like I said, this is some of the fruit I believe that God is, you know, I was talking about you getting on the other side of, and, th and this is just the very beginning. This is just the very beginning. I know that God is going to bless you and use you in ways beyond what you can even imagine. And, and not only fruit in ministry, but fruit in your personal life. I, 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 God is going to bless you. He, he really is. I, 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 I believe that with all my heart. You, yeah, like I said, I, it's been a joy watching the transformation. It really has. That's the beauty of discipleship. When you watch the transformation in somebody's life, you know, I remember the transformation in my own life, but then when I see it in other people, it just brings me joy. I'm like, Lord, it's worth everything. It's worth the labor. It's worth the sleepless nights. It's, it's worth whatever. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. You know, it really is worth it. And so I'm, I'm just godly proud of you. Well, I thank you. And I know there are um, women that you have um, that are in that. The, let me speak to the women that you're discipling right now. I think it's the, uh, is it the life uh, group. Elijah. I have to get that. Uh, those women. Uh, you, no, that's the, that's the prayer line. The Elijah House mm -hmm. of Prayer. My, the, um, the, I, I call it the life group. The seven the women that I'm discipling. So right now. I want to speak to those that may, if they're watching this. I am a product of the of that which you're going through. I think mine was may have been. I'm not in there with you all all the time. We've lit. We've uh, did one group together, but I'm not in this specific one with you. But I'm. I think I may have been the most intense one. <laughs> I think because I think I may have given you the flux. But hear me when I say, when the Word of God says one man plants, another war man waters, and God provides the increase. Letitia was the watering for me. I can literally put her, she's right before that increase that God has provided. There were things that were planted that she came in and I want to say just dug up some of that follow ground and even did some replanting with me and began to water it. I'm describing it this way because I need you all to get a visual did something with me she did not have to do. 
She didn't have to. She could have said, okay, you, you know, even though I know you might be ready, but you're a little too, she, she stayed with me. And I thank you for staying with me. I just do. And I want to tell, so ladies, any women, the women that are in your discipleship, I'm telling you all, don't, don't leave, stick it out. Because if she's giving you her all, the least you can do is just give her that trust that she's not going to miss you. I can tell you that. I'm here. I can tell you. And Eleanor, before we go, I do want to mention a conference and invite the women to, if that's yes. okay. Yes. I'm in the talk section too, though, so that you Oh, can. okay. I'm going to be speaking at a conference called Mask Off. The mask, that's the title, Mask Off, because again, so many women are wearing masks and pretending things are okay and they're dying on the inside. They're overwhelmed. They're dying on the inside. They look beautiful on the outside, but it is not pretty on the inside. So Mask Off is August 18th through uh, the 20th. And they can find out about it on Eventbrite. Uh, they go to eventbrite.com and, and put in mask off. It'll give all the details. But I'm going to be speaking in one of the topics. That, the topic I'm doing is on identity. Kind of We kind of touched on. But it, it's just so so needed in this hour for women. Yes. And ladies, that's already going to be. I was going to ask her, did she want to? But she jumped in. And I'm glad. Because that's also going to be in the about section. So make sure you go in the about section. The links to where you need to go, I'm going to have a link in there directly to the Eventbrite page. It's going to take you right there. Go ahead so you can sign up and go. As women, we have to invest in our relationship with the Lord. And when you have women that are genuinely walking with the Lord, I can validate the teacher. You have women that's walking with the Lord and genuinely want women to be able to be delivered. You want to be at them, although they're not Jesus, but like Mary, she was spending time at Jesus' feet. Martha was on doing whatever. We want to be able to say, Lord, what is it that you have for me? So go and get this when we can to invest in our relationship with the Lord. So I'm going to say this um, right here, and then I'm going to take you off screen and speak to the ladies fully, but I want to say this while you're on screen. Ladies, I'm going to be interviewed. The person that's going to be interviewing me is yours. So I definitely needed someone that I knew I trusted. And so that letter was an intro to me and she's going to be interviewing me. I don't know the questions. I'm going to say that here. I don't know the questions. I'm trusting her. I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> I'm looking at you, mother. I need, okay, don't hurt me out here. Okay. But she's going to ask the questions. And if you have questions that you think you might want to ask, put them in the comments. Comments are held for review. So if there's anything personal that's in there, the whole world won't see it. And those will be forwarded on to her. And if she has an opportunity to, she will or she'll uh, compile many together. But she's going to ask those hard questions about me from my past. What I struggle with. Um, molestation, rape, uh, what were the hardships in my relationship with my daughter? If I was married, not she's going there. My relationship with the Lord, she's going to go there. And I'm just putting it out there, but she has, she's going to ask, ask, ask the question. So I just wanted to say that while you were on the screen and right. I love you. I'm just going to have you, I'm going to pop you off just for a second so I can speak to the ladies for a moment and I'll be right back. Is that okay? Yeah. Love you. All right. I love you too. All right, ladies. I 
absolutely love this interview. So of course I'm biased because this is my spiritual mother and she walked with me for a while and she hasn't done it harshly. Now there were times that she had to be stern with me. I want to say that, but she never was stern with me in a harsh way. And she's the, she's one of the many factors why I'm able to even be here. She's why I know how to genuinely look at women and say, okay, how does this look for me to speak to them and love on them a little differently? So I encourage you to get you in your church home, have you a spiritual mother that can walk with you, that you've seen them walk for a long season in their life, as an example. She's been, uh, say, for 37 years. That's a long time to be serving and honoring the Lord in this world that we live in. And I'm grateful to be able to be in her presence. But I'm going to go ahead and close us out. And I'm closing us out because I'm going to let us know this right here, what I always say to you as my truth. And that is that I am honored that God has placed this before me. And I'm looking forward to all that he alone is going to do by way of healing for so many women, including myself.